If you have any questions about the book, or you want me to read something, or you want a shout out, or if you just want to contact me, you can email me at moonthenightwing12 at gmail.com. The email will be in the description. Now back to the book. Hello, and welcome back to my podcast. So I'll be reading Chapter 17 of Wings of Fire, The Dark Secret. Fate Speaker and Starflight trudged back to the dormitory in weary silence. He hoped against hope that John... He hoped against hope that Dawn was farther away than Deathbringer had said. They had a feeling Marasir would be breathing angry heat in his face with a horrible, within a horrible short span of time. Poor Squid, Fate Speaker said, pausing outside the dormitory entrance. I guess now we'll have to work with you with your seating instead. She sighed and headed back to her sleeping spot. Chills rippled through starfight scales like the clouds billowing outside the skylight. Tsunami. That was who we had to warm. Marcier had said, We have another sea wing. We just have to retrieve her from the rainforest. Have they gone after her already? Have they tried? Was she all right? I can warn her if it's not too late. He hurried, he hurried to his bed and scrabbled among the rocks until he found the tiny hole where he'd stashed the dream visitor. This time, he'd find someone in the rainforest who would listen to him. He had to. He pulled the blanket over himself and cut the jewel in his talons and pressed it to his head. Tsunami, please be there, Tsunami. As always, his first thought was a sunny, and then the others flashed through his head. Tsunami, clay, glory. And then he was falling, suddenly, through a bright, countless blue sky. His wings, he snapped his wings open, catching a rising wind, and looked up. Above him, glimmering in the sun, were five shapes he recognized. He recognized Sunny immediately. Her golden scales couldn't be mistaken for anyone else's. She was playing a looping game of chase with clay, her quick agility outmaneuvering his giant wings, both of them laughing. Tsunami and Glory circled him, calling out suggestions. Glory's wings were dark purple, and she wore a small woven, woven crown of iridescent ruby-red flowers. And there was Starflight himself, flying on with the others and smiling like nothing could ever be wrong. He looked different here, bigger, kinder, warmer somehow. In fact, they all did. Tsunami and Glory rarely smiled so much in real life. Clay was almost never fast or graceful. Whose dream is this, he wondered. But it wasn't hard to guess. Sunny darted away from the others like a dragonfly and dropped toward him, beaming. Two of you in one dream, she said happily. How weird is that? She fitted around him, brushing her wings against his, and then zipped back up to tug on Clay's tail. He couldn't bring himself to speak. Being near her, it all came rushing back. How he loved her his whole life, and how impossible the, and how possible the whole thing was, not least because they were from different tribes. If he could make himself talk, if he could warn her about Tsunami, maybe she would listen. But the blue sky was abruptly swallowed in darkness, and he was falling again, until he was surrounded by bubbles and cool green light. Underwater. This must be Tsunami's dream. He waved his wing and spun slowly in the water. Sure enough, there she was, with her claws wrapped around the, ske- the neck of a skeletal green dragon. Gil, Starflight remembered. Her father, the one she killed in the arena before she knew who he was. This was a nightmare. Her face was twisted in despair. She never, 
she'd never he hear him like this. Her little sister Anemone came swimming up, and seeing her, Tsunami suddenly released the older dragon. He fell back, his jaws open and closing pitifully. Tsunami turned to Anemone with her talons outstretched, like she was apologizing. But then Anemone's eyes narrowed, and she lunged for towards Gil, seizing his throat herself, her tail smacking. Tsunami sighed as her talons sank into his neck. Thick blood burbled out, staining the water. Tsunami grabbed an enemy and tried to pull her away, but it was too late. Starflight closed his eyes. He understood what Tsunami was worrying about, that an enemy would turn evil if she used her animus powers, and that there was nothing Tsunami could do to save her. Just one more reason why we have to stop this war. If there was no war, there would be no one trying to force an enemy into using her powers. She'd be safe. Crunch, 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 crunch. Starfly opened his eyes again. He was sitting in a vast, dry cave with torches flickering along the walls. The floor was nearly covered with all kinds of prey. Boar, chicken, boars, chickens, a cow, several ducks, two deer, and a hippo. Some of them were still alive, wandering around, bumming to walls, oblivious at the two dragons in the cave. The other dragon was Clay, who sat with his who sat with his tail curled around his back talons, happily munching on something charred. Oh hey Starfight, he said, as if this were perfectly natural for his friends to suddenly pop up into his dreams. Clay Starfight cried, You can see me? Clay blinked a few times. Should I not be able to see you? This isn't just a dream, Starfight said quickly. I'm really here. I mean, I'm really talking to you. Of course you're really talking to me, Clay said cheerfully. Hungry? There's a great pheasant around here somewhere. He looked around, scratching his head. Uh, uh-oh. I think I already ate that. Sorry. Starfight was hungry, but he knew dream food wouldn't do him any good. Clay, listen to me. I'm using a dream visitor. I'm talking to you from the Nightwing Kingdom. Very cool, Clay said in an agreeable voice. How about a pig? No, wait. I ate that, too. I'm serious, Starflight said, lashing his tail. Don't you remember learning about dream visitors? There are these ancient sapphires that were animus touched generations ago. I found one, and I'm using it to visit your dream and tell you something really important. Clay forehead. Clay's forehead was scrunched in a puzzled way. Sure, Starflight, I have dreams about you lecturing me all the time. That stopped Starfight for a moment. You do? Clay drew himself up and adopted a stuffy, scowling voice. Weren't you listening? Didn't you read the scrolls? That was before the scalding. Everyone knows that. The scorching, Starfight corrected automatically. And I do not sound like that. Sure, Clay said. Anyway, hippo? Starfight stamped one foot. Fine, but just listen. Tsunami's in danger. Mars here and the Nightwings are coming after her. Will you tell her that? Look, Clay said delightedly. My brothers and sisters. He jumped up and hurried to the cave entrance, where a small band of Mudwings were coming in. The smallest dragonette jumped up to hug <clears throat> Clay's big neck, and the largest one inclined his head with a friendly smile. Starflight hadn't met Clay's siblings, but he heard about Clay's encounter with them in the Mudwing village. They were all soldiers, now in the Great War, fighting under Queen Morton on Burn's side. Even though they weren't fully grown yet, one of them had died in battle already. 
more dragons we need to save? He thought when with he thought anxiety and fear turning his scales cold. He wasn't sure Clay had really listened to him. He had to keep trying. Glory, he thought, closing his eyes. The sound of paper rustling let him know that he was somewhere new, right before he opened them again. Glory sat at a low table in one of the treetop huts in the rainforest, studying a scroll. In her own dream, she wasn't wearing a crown. She looked in her own dream, she wasn't wearing a crown. She looked more tired than anything else. Her scales were dark green, dappled with light, matching the leaves around her. The fur shape of a sloth curled around her neck. Glory, Starfrit said, his voice breaking. Would she listen to him? He remembered what he had heard Sunny say the last time he used the, the dream visitor. If Glory thought he was a traitor, she wouldn't have any reason to believe anything he said. The new queen of the Rainwing slowly raised her head and met his eyes. They stared at each other for a long moment, her green eyes searching for something in his face. Wow, she said. You found a dream visitor. He exhaled. Feeling relief fled through his scales. Of course she remembered learning about them. He'd always wish he could remember things as easily as she did, instead of having to study so hard all the time. I didn't run off, he said in a rush. The Nightwings took me, I swear, Gloria, I would have never left you. I would never have left you all. Marasir is is testing me to see if I'm worthy of the prophecy, or whatever. He has these other dragnets that he wants to use instead. Only he needs a sea wing now, so, so Tsunami's in danger, and I had to warn you. Stop, stop, Glory said, whirling up her scroll and leaning on the table. Tell me everything. So he did, from the moment he was abducted through the terrifying encounter with the Nightwing Queen. At first, he had the sinking sensation in his stomach, worrying that he was betraying someone, this time his tribe. But then he thought of or or Orchid clamped on the wall, the sky wings burning and squid flying slowly away to his death and he squashed any guilt he felt. He was sure now who deserved his loyalty. So, he finished. I'm worried about Tsunami. Please tell her to be careful. Glory laughed. Oh, sure, and you tell Claire to stop being hungry. Starfleet felt a smile trying to struggle onto his face. He really does dream about food, it turns out, he said. Like, lots and lots of food. Oh, Clay, Glory said affectionately. Well, apparently I dream about homework, even though there aren't any scrolls in the rainforest. She waved her tongues at the dream table in front of her, and then her face turned serious again. I'll talk to Tsunami and put some guards on her. But I'm more worried about you. We aren't ready to attack yet, but if you're in danger... She carved a line in the table with one claw. I mean, it sounds like Mars here might kill you at any moment. She looked out the window, where glimmers... Of rainbow wings are visible in the trees around them. But my tribe, they're not ready yet. If I take them through today, they'll be slaughtered. I understand, Starfight said. Chloe was queen now. She had to think about protecting her tribe as much as taking care of her friends. Every single bit of him wanted to yell, Forget the rainwings! Please rescue me! Come as soon as you can! But it was too easy for him to imagine everything Chloe was thinking. All the information she had to take into account, the pros, the cons, best battle strategies, and unacceptable, unacceptable losses. All the things they studied as all the all the things they'd studied as distant theories but never had deal with them themselves. So instead he said, I'm alright. I'll take care of myself until you get here. 
Gloria looked back at him, tilting her head to side to side. Warm pinks, warm pink with purple spread along the edges of her wings. Starflight, I think that might be the bravest thing you've ever said. He ducked his head, looking down at his talents. Well, he added, you know, don't take too long. She laughed again, and he felt a fierce, awful longing to be back with his friends. Where, even if everything wasn't easy, at least he felt more like he meant something to somebody. Something more than a line in a prophecy. His face went serious, and she toyed, her face went serious, and she toyed with a corner of one of her scrolls between her claws. So Deathbringer's in trouble for helping me? I'm sure he understood the risk when he decided to set you free, Starfight pointed out. Hmm, Glory said skeptically. I'm sure he thought he could charm his way out of, of anything. Idiot. Well, he still might, Starfight said. I don't think Greatness wants to ex execute him. Glory shook herself. Can you tell me anything else about the Nightwings? Anything that might help us when we do attack, like... Do they have mind reading? Do they have mind readers posted at the tunnel entrance? That's that's what I would do, so they could see sense anyone coming through. Maybe even read out our battle plans before we got there. I want to send in a camouflage scout just to see how many guards there are in the cave. Now, but that's why I haven't yet. I don't dare. I don't know. Starflight said, "I'm sorry. I don't know anything useful about what the Nightwings are doing." I bet you know more than you think, she said. Can you tell me more about the fortress or the layout of the island? Or how we might get there if we flew from the continent instead of using the tunnel? You'd have to get through Mudwing and Skywing territory first, he pointed out, before you could fly across the ocean to the island. Even if I could find a way to describe the route, and that would take weeks, he thought, weeks to travel the whole length of the continent, can I survive for weeks on my own? Yeah, it's probably not the safest plan, Gloria said thoughtfully. Starflight shifted his wings. He felt chilly air against his scales, and it wasn't coming from Gloria's rainforest dream. I think I have to go, he said in a panicked voice. It must be almost be dawn. All right, she said, standing up, but come back tomorrow night if you can. We can figure this out, Starflight. It's going to be all right. She stepped over the tail and wrapped her wings around him. Which didn't work very well since he wasn't really there, but somehow it was still comforting. See you soon, he said. Remember to watch out for Tsunami. Gloria rolled her eyes. At this point, I bet most of my tribe would invite the Nightwings to abduct her. She's not the calmest general in Pyaria, I can tell you. Starfight smiled and lifted the dream visitor to his forehead. The rainforest disappeared. He was black in a gloomy, dimly lit Nightwing dormitory. He ha had he heard a scrabble of claws right before he opened his eyes? Starfly glanced around and realized that his blankets had shifted so he wasn't as well hidden as in anymore. Or someone moved them. His talons with the glowing sapphire trapped between them were visible. He pulled them back close to his chest and leaned over the side of the bed to tuck the jewels into the hiding spot. Sleepy mutters indicated that the other dragonettes were waking up, but when he looked around the room, he couldn't see anyone who looked awake yet. Did someone see the dream visitor? Was someone spying on me? Maybe I imagined it. But he didn't shake the uneasy feeling that his secret might not be entirely safe anymore.